Thank you for tuning in to the Life of KG podcast. We are all about helping you guys in the beauty industry. Whether you're starting out in this industry or been in the business for years, we want to motivate you, educate you, and support you to grow. Enjoy the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to a Life of KG. So today I get to interview Joanna Lee. So Joanna has been in the lash game for around 10 years and she's been educating for three years. Before she joined the industry, she worked a lot on TV. She was a reporter for the BBC. She's been a voiceover for many, many TV shows. And over this time, she's learned a lot when it comes to broadcasting. So she's got lots of tips and tricks to teach you when it comes to our industry, believe it or not. She also has produced a series of podcasts called Behind the Lashes, which she is extremely proud of. It's her little piece of social history following 22 lash artists from around the world as we go through the bizarre period of coronavirus. So if you haven't checked that out, go and check it out. It's really, really good to go and hear everyone's stories of how they've been feeling and what they've been doing during this lockdown and how they're going to open up their businesses again. So without further ado, here is Joanne. So Joanna, thank you so much for coming on the show. You are so welcome. It's lovely to see you. Thank you. So can you tell everyone who you are for those that don't know and what exactly you do? Okay, so my name is Joanna Lee and my business is Flash Lash. I am a lash artist and a lash educator. During lockdown, I have also become a podcast host. I have created a podcast series called Behind the Lashes. And prior to my lash life, I was in broadcasting for years. So I was both behind and in front of the camera. And as a result of that, also during lockdown, I have started my little side hustle, which is presenter training and vocal mentoring. Wow, so I can't wait to hear more about the new sideline. But can you go into kind of the background of your like TV life that you had back then? Yeah, okay. So um, I always thought that I wanted to be a dancer when I was growing up, a dancer slash actress. And then I had a brief spell at stage school, absolutely hated it, realised that that wasn't going to work for me. Um, so I went to uni, I did an English degree, and whilst there, I got the opportunity to appear on an ITV Saturday night show called Blind Date. <laughs> Do you remember it? I loved it. And I, I, was, I was a little girl then, and I always was like, oh my God, I'd love to go on that when I'm older. <laughs> oh yeah, well, it was amazing. It went out on my 21st birthday, and I was a picker. And um, Scylla took a shine to me. And as a result, I was on two of her later best of shows, kind of doing the full singing and dancing. Hopefully wow. they, they don't exist anywhere. <laughs> um, and but whilst during that time, I, I obviously worked with, um, well, the person who looked after me was called a researcher. And I just thought, wow, she is amazing. And she's got an amazing job. And I want to be just like her. And that kind of gave me the incentive to pursue a career in television, television production. And that's what I did. So I badgered the hell out of the executive producer at London Weekend. Every holiday, I just rock up and go, hi, I'm here. 
anything for me to do in those days you could literally barge your way in now it's all online so it's much harder but um and eventually got sick of me asking and they created a junior researcher role and that was the beginning of my sort of um television production career and I worked my way up I did some producing and some directing and really wanted to do stuff in front of the camera though and eventually I was given a reporter role when I went up to Birmingham I worked at Pebble Mill and I was a reporter on a daytime BBC show called The Really Useful Show which ran alongside this morning um, so that's where it started and that's when I kind of moved into lots of corporate work as a presenter I had my own series on a, a cable channel. I did a spell on live TV. I was guest presenter for a week on the Sex Files. Wow. That was that was a, that was a bit nerve wracking. That was le learning. That was a baptism of fire, I can tell you. But yes, yeah, so I did loads, and I also did lots of voiceovers for corporates. And I was the daily voiceover weather. Um, presenter for Bloomberg Television and eventually I got my break as a five day a week presenter on ITV for HTV West in the West Country where I was weather I was a weather girl and I did a weather bulletin three times a day five days a week so that was really great because that was regular work as a presenter I was still doing the corporate stuff on the side. I did lots of shows like The Boat Show. I worked at Earl's Court. I did lots of awards ceremonies as the kind of hostess. And uh, yeah, I cut my teeth that way. And eventually I was headhunted by Sky News. Francis Wilson came up to Weather Services International in Birmingham and said, would I like to, well, it was kind of, he was kind of seeing if our team could build the graphics for Sky News. And then on the back of that, he had said, would you like to come and do some presenting for Sky? And that's kind of where I ended my TV career at Sky News with the lovely Eamon Holmes on The Breakfast Show. Wow, what a story. It was great fun. I mean, it was hard work. And at the same time, I was having babies. So um, <laughs> in the breakfast show shift, although amazing in the early days, because I'd have to be in makeup to be kind of airbrushed, spray painted for sort of half past three in the morning, which was great because I got my hair done, my makeup, it was wonderful. And then I'd be on air by six and I would be home kind of by 10 and I'd go back to bed and just, you know, get up whenever. But once the kids came along, there is no going back to bed, is there, Katie, as you well know. So I had to then like become mummy and I was absolutely wrecked. And I really did start to dread those morning show shifts mm -hmm. and they'd hang over me like a black cloud. So it started to lose its appeal, although it was really exciting and it was a massive adrenaline rush. And literally I used to come out of the studios get in my car and think how the hell did I do that because it was all live no auto cue plus I was on open talkback which meant I had an earpiece in and I could hear the whole of the gallery um, chattering away they're setting up right what VT they might be going you know to I don't know Iraq there's a film coming in from Iraq next they're not actually terribly bothered about what the weather is saying we were used as kind of a buffer and so if any shit went down in the gallery i.e they lost their live from Iraq or wherever they'd say to you Joe can you give us another minute down your ear and they're all going blah, 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 we've lost the VT blah 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 and you're trying to think and speak 
and use the graphics and tell the story and keep your face on and keep it all together when there's literally hell breaking out down your ear at full power. And sometimes they'd be like ordering their teas and coffees down your ear to each other. No respect for the fact that I was trying to broadcast. But I always like to hear, I could have been on Switch Talkback, which is where you just hear the director saying, you know, 10, 10 9, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked to know what was going down so I could kind of anticipate what I might have coming up. So I could have got through my whole weather story, you know, a, a one minute weather story and I used all of my pictures, all of my graphics. And they'd say, can you give us another minute? And I think, shit. Oh, no. I told the whole story, so I'd have to go. And anyway, just to recap, and I just tell the whole story again with no moving graphics. It was just like, <laughs> oh, but oh my gosh, amazing experience. That is proper presenting when it's all live. You never know what duration's coming. You 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 literally just have to keep going until they say, and you're done. Yeah. Wow. So my lashes. <laughs> Oh, good question. Well, actually, my um, love affair with lashes began when my mum bought me some lashes to go on holiday to Turkey. They were classic lashes. It was it was a long time ago. I had half a set and I had um, a, a four year old and a baby. And literally, it was life changing. It sounds pathetic, but it was life changing. I felt like crap you know you're living on no sleep with little ones but I looked fabulous and in all of the photographs I looked great my confidence just went through the roof and I lay on my sunbed that holiday and I thought well I've got to learn how to do this I've got to spread this lash love because this is amazing and it did feel like a new thing I hadn't heard of it then and so I came home and I looked around I did I trained at the eyelash emporium Emporium at Pinewood Studios. It was bloody hard work. I just wanted to stab that mannequin head on the training day. And I thought, there's no way I can do this. But I soon got the bug. And you know how addictive it is once you get bitten by that bug. And I loved it. And I kind of thought it would be my side hustle and that I carried on broadcasting and presenting and everything else and being a mum and all of that. But slowly it 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 grew and to the point where I thought I'm going to give up telly and I'm going to commit to this and do this. Um, so, and that's what I did. Wow. I trained in volume, obviously. And, uh, and the rest is history. Wow. What a very different careers. Very different. Yeah. But I, it's tapping into that whole creative side. I mean, I think when you get to a certain age, you can't, you start out as having characteristics of your star sign, but when you get to 30 and above, you come into, I think you come into your moon sign. I'm not very good at this. My sister's always telling me, oh, that's because you're in your moon sign and you now have something rising and something falling, (laughs) whatever, whatever it is. Anyway, what, whatever it was I came into that was rising was my creative side. When I'd grown up, it was always my sister that was very arty and you know, I can hear my mum kind of saying, oh, Joanna's the clever one and Alex is the very artistic one. So I kind of thought, oh, well, I'm not artistic then because I was boxed as the clever one. Mm-hmm. And, um, but actually, who knew? I am actually quite creative and artistic and I have found more and more that coming to the fore. So I think as we mature, other sides of our talents and personalities 
come forward. Mm, definitely. And I say they're very different careers, but then at the same time, like you're now dabbled into a new business, mm -hmm. which is bringing back all the skills that you learned over them years to obviously help our industry. Like, tell us more about that. Okay. Yeah. Well, it kind of, it seems to be with my life that I seem to fall over things. They kind of happen as they sort of fall across me and me them. So I, um, I, with the television that just happened that organically as blind date and then the lashes that kind of happened organically because I had the lashes and with this it's again it's happened organically so when we we obviously have social media we spend our lives on Instagram and Facebook and I use Instagram a lot to do pieces to camera and to show me and my business I, I use the video element of it a lot and I love to make little voiceovers on my videos. That's just something that I like to do. I think it's fun. And I realized that not everybody was doing this and I've done a bit of um, social media training with various people. And I just kind of have thought more and more that it's so important to be seen and be heard and to not just hide behind your beautiful grid pictures and your text I think it's really key to to get that proper engagement that that people bang out on about in social media training you have to, the point is you follow your followers need to engage with you and how are they going to engage with you if they don't really know you and what better way to get to know you than to see you and to hear you and if they get to know you and like you the thing that happens next is they they trust you and they buy into whatever it is that you are selling, whether you're looking for clients, whether you're looking for students, whether you're looking to sell products. I just think it's really worth giving it a go. So I had spoken at, I did an event with the Lash Angels, which is me and Dion Thomas of Love and Lashes in last January. And both of us spoke, Dion spoke about mindset. I spoke about presenting yourself to camera because I fully acknowledge that it is not for everyone. And most people's default setting is, oh, can't stand the sound, sound of my recorded voice. And oh, the, the sight of my face on screen is even worse. But actually, I think so much of that is just to do with confidence and exposure to doing it. And the more that you do it, the easier it becomes. And you've kind of almost just got to bite the bullet and go for it. Even if you never post any of the things that you film, I think you've just got to get on and do it. So I spoke at this event, it was well received. And I've just thought during lockdown that it's something that I can expand on. Um, and I've done some vocal mentoring with Hannah Pajato of London Lash Pro. She's on my podcast series, Behind the Lashes. And she had said, would you do some vocal mentoring with me? I'm like, yes, absolutely. I would love to. And since then, she's sent her lovely Paulina to me. We've done, I've done four lessons. She's got to do, create a video for London Lash Pro for their VIP program. And I am helping her put that together and her confidence from the first lesson to now we've had the third lesson this morning is amazing Paulina's main problem it was that she spoke at a million miles per hour and sometimes her diction wasn't very clear so we've really stripped it back I have worked on that I have worked on better pronunciation of some of her vowels which 
become part and parcel for the fact that she is Polish and learned her English language in Leeds. So there are, mm-hmm. were a few creases we needed to, to iron out. So yeah, it's really exciting. And I have literally just started creating my manual on Canva, which, oh, Canva is so brilliant. Have you done anything on Canva? I, I do everything on Canva. <gasps> it's I do my, my presentations on there. I obviously do our posters and bits on there. Like, oh yeah, I love it. It's amazing, isn't it? Do you have Canva Pro? Because I can't decide yeah. whether to, you do. Like, yeah, it's just, there's just a bit more, there's just more options, especially if you're using it a lot. If you're only using it now and then, then just a free one. Yeah, I thought I might wait till I'm super ready and then sign up for a <laughs> two-week trial. Yeah, it's, it, it's so good. Yeah, so, so that's it. I'm, I'm starting, I'm doing the manual and um, Tara Fisher has agreed to host me at one of her workshops when we get back out of lockdown. So it's all systems go and I love it because it's bringing all of my skills full circle and together. So yeah, I'm really excited about it. Yeah, that's so good. How are you kind of balancing home life and work life? Because you're going to be super busy with this, I think. Well, I don't know. I have no idea what the uptake will be and how many people will be interested i literally have no idea because even like when it comes to trainers and stuff like when they're when they're um they're voicing their their courses god i can't get my words out voicing their courses across to their students um obviously those that are maybe going into talking at conferences and need a bit of help but there's so much work you could do with people Well, these skills that I teach will be completely transferable, as you say. So even down to having a Zoom call, for instance, some people, that alone is absolutely terrifying. So it's it's things like that. It's even face-to-face with clients. Some girls are are very nervous about meeting people, and it's how to engage with somebody, little tricks with eye contact, and just how to appear more confident. Because if you, you know... If you keep doing it, your confidence will come. You only learn more confidence by repeating and practicing and, and doing it more. So yes, face-to-face with clients, as you say, speaking at conferences, teaching a room full of students, even in a staff meeting, if you've got a team of girls, that can be quite intimidating to, to know how to speak to them. Maybe you've got a difficult subject to bring up. You know, all of these skills are just a, a really solid foundation for all of that, it's it's only about communication. Communication is so fundamental to to our daily lives, but to also running our businesses. And if you want to be taken seriously or, or speak with authority on anything or have any kind of impact, these skills are really worth investing time in. Definitely. So if anyone's listening to this and interested, how can they get in touch with you? Okay, so they can probably DM me on Instagram, which is I'm flash lash underscore beauty. How else could they contact me? Via my website, www.flashlash.co.uk. Or I'm happy if if anyone can't can't get me on either of those, I'm happy to give you give you my phone number and you can whatever or pass them on to me somehow. Email. I'll put the um, notes in the in the section. Fabulous. So also just to touch on, you launched the podcast, which you mentioned, Behind the Lashes, which is your piece of social history that you've done with Mm -hmm. everyone while we've been on lockdown. Do you want to go into that for us? 
Yeah, well, I have. Oh my gosh, Katie, this has literally saved my bacon in lockdown. I love a schedule. I like to be busy. I like to have a project and use my brain. I'm not good at doing nothing. I literally had a shower power moment. It's where I do a lot of my thinking in the shower. I seem to have a lot of my light bulb ka-ching moments. And I've suddenly like, Dion and I had talked about doing a podcast for The Lash Angels. Dion was in a particularly bad place just before lockdown and at the beginning of lockdown, her mother-in-law had died and she really was you know, feeling sad and, um, and was grieving and was not in a place for me to like launch on her and say, hey, let's do our podcast now. So I thought, right, I'll crack on. And I came up with this piece of social history. I thought it would be amazing to have a kind of podcast time capsule to to leave behind a document of this bizarre time in our lives a global pandemic everybody is experiencing similar emotions practical issues financial struggles maybe they're losing people they're experiencing it all around the world so i thought wouldn't it be amazing to record this but to use a group of people i.e. lash artists who all get one another. We all have a very common interest and that is lashes in our lash businesses. And to do initial interviews with these 22 girls from around the world so that there was balance and light and shade and also those varied experiences from the different countries. For example, Sweden hasn't locked down, so I wanted to have a Swedish girl on the podcast. And just to see how, how they experienced lockdown. So their initial, their initial interviews are, go very much in depth. We're, I'm sort of picking, picking their brains about their past, their history, their schooling, their outlook, what makes them tick. And then from then on, I check in with them every two or three weeks to see how they are faring. So you've got this lovely development of and and also stages of emotional states physical states financial states there are lots of lash tips as well that come out but you just sort of see how everyone is coping through coronavirus and in fact i'm not going to stop at lockdown some countries are already out and lashing and sweden never stopped lashing so i want to just keep checking in with people and see how they're doing. And we've had real highs and lows. There've been, there've been lots of laughter, lots of great lash tips, lots of sharing. My goodness, girls have been so candid with me. I'm so grateful and so humbled by how much they have felt able to really pour out their hearts. Mm -hmm. And there've been lots of tears too. So it's really easy listening. Katie, obviously you're on there as well. It's super easy listening. So whatever you're doing, you can just pop a podcast on. I love a podcast because you can literally carry on. You can be making your, making your fans or doing your ironing or cooking the tea for whoever, or even doing the gardening if you've got your headphones on. Mm. You can just really just let it just kind of wash over you. Yeah, definitely. I love a good podcast. I even, I, I don't know why I've only just figured this out, but I've got an Alexa and I can obviously connect my phone up to my Alexa. So then my podcasts are paying free there. If I'm like yeah. doing work on my phone or whatnot. Yeah, um, yeah there's, there's such a savior, but the, the podcast behind the lashes is absolutely amazing. Like I've loved listening, listening to it through oh. lockdown and obviously loved being part of it as well. And it is like an emotional roller coaster, and you just catch us on them days. <laughs> like, 
it's, it is really, really good. What are you going to do regarding the podcast then? Are you going to carry on? Are you going to change it slightly when we go back to normal well, life? I think that I will keep the format more or less the same. I may add in a few other voices just to see how how they're doing for instance other countries um pixie i had wanted to join us um from australia but and she was going to take part and then she was having a really terrible time at the beginning of coronavirus and for all sorts of reasons so she wasn't able to do it so maybe i might bring her in there are a few girls that don't think that they can keep up the commitment and you know they, they they've played their part and they're stepping away so I've also got to be mindful of my schedule because I'm going to be lashing again, obviously, and going back to work. So it's going to be a bit more ad hoc. It won't be quite so um, regimented in terms of having a regular time and date to do everyone's podcast. But I do definitely, whilst everyone is willing and able, want to keep it going because I think it's going to get really interesting post lockdown when the world is opening again. We may even have another lockdown. Things are going to get interesting so i really don't want to stop it as long as everyone's willing to play with me i'm happy to play <laughs> <laughs> how are you feeling about obviously our industry is starting to hopefully come out of lockdown in like two and a half weeks oh, that makes me panic i am i'm ready in as much as i've got all my ppe i've sorted my studio space i know what i'm doing i've got my clients booked in um tentatively for the 4th of july and for that first couple of weeks but i'm doing a really soft opening i've only got i've got under 20 clients that i'm going to lash um initially i'm going to do one sometimes two a day but i'm going to take it really easy on myself whilst i feel that i can because it's going to be mental there's going to be a lot I'm going to have a lot of anxiety for sure I've got really mixed feelings I have loved lockdown Katie <laughs> I think a lot of people have mm. I think initially we all had this panic and thought the world was over and then all of a sudden we've got used to this new life really quickly mm, it's amazing how we can just adapt isn't it it is amazing I just think we're asking so much of ourselves to have to keep readapting you know we had that massive kind of lead up to lockdown and that was quite an adjustment and that was that was the worst bit actually I was riddled with anxiety then and like constant hand sanitizing I was like a lunatic and my hands were like flaking off I so lockdown has allowed my hands to recover a bit because I haven't been anywhere I've just stayed in and my hands have recovered but that was another big adjustment you know we're all in together and not being able to see friends and family as readily and you know and the whole fear of the unknown and now we've kind of as you say adjusted to it and it's become like the new normal even though we still really have no future to look forward to in terms of our diary plans our holidays and where we are going much beyond next week mm -hmm. uh, and then we're going to be expected to make this massive leap into the abyss I mean, what's that going to look like? I have no idea. And what happens to the virus? I have no idea either. I'm just really hoping for a miracle and that somehow, I mean, Germany, I spoke to my friend in Germany yesterday and she said, life is feeling really normal. We're still keeping our distance and being, you know, careful, but they've only got 17 cases in her town now. And she said, it's just really feeling normal. And that kind of, 
gives me hope. Yeah, yeah. Are you worried about, like, obviously we have to touch people. There's all this social distance, two metres apart, and then all of a sudden we're touching people. Like, do you feel worried about that or are you just fine with feeling secure with your PPE? Well, I'm just going to... The key thing, obviously, is we can touch people as long as we don't touch our faces Mm -hmm. in between touching them and washing our hands the next time or sanitizing our hands. So I have, I'm just going to make sure that I really scrape my hair back so that there's nothing tickling. There's going to be a lot of crap around the face though, isn't there? I'm going to, I'm going to have my magnifiers, my shield, my mask. There's going to be a lot possibly that you might need to fiddle, fiddle with at various points during your appointment when you have touched your client. So you're just going to have to be so mindful about constantly sanitizing your hands throughout the appointment. And that is going to be, yeah, I am, I am, I am worried about it, but I will be taking their temperatures. So that's another box ticked, but then there's that kind of, well, what if they're asymptomatic and what if they, but I think they're now saying that if they are asymptomatic, it's pretty hard to pass it on to you. But then of course my studio is quite small and there's going to be a lot of breath going in and out in a three-hour full set. So I am worried. I can't say I'm not. And the kids are worried about having people in as well. And they're like, mummy, are you sure this is going to be safe? And I'm like, I'm not going to take any risks. It's going to be fine. I'm waiting for the guidelines. I've done everything that I can. The windows will be open. I'm not going to keep the internal door open. They, you know, they will, the clients will have their own loo, you know, yeah. I am. I am nervous. But I think the only way we're going to eradicate that fear and anxiety is by doing it. Mm, I think, yeah, I think it's going to be really daunting. And I think that's some, no, what day would it be? Saturday, we're allowed to go back. So that Friday before, we're possibly not going to get any sleep at all. And then I think after that first day, we'll be like, okay, that wasn't so bad. Yeah. It's just we don't like change, do we? We're not very, oh, yeah. we're not very good at that. No one is like so. Well, I think women are particularly bad at change. I'm yeah. terrible at change. Oh yeah, I hate it. I hate it. You get so used to doing stuff one way, and then it's like, okay, then lockdown come. We didn't like that change. Then we get used to it. Then there's like slightly different changes that's happened with guidelines. We don't like that change, and then it's all just very worrying, isn't it? Yeah. But I think once we get back into it, I think that people will be like, okay. And then we'll wish it was lockdown again because we liked that rest. Yeah. But, you know, we'll wish it was lockdown again for a bit. And then we'll be like, actually, no, this is fine. And then there will be actual lockdown again. And we're like, oh, crap, we've got to do this again in the winter. Ooh. Do you think that will happen? It's possible, isn't it? I don't know. And I'm really... The other countries that had it way before us, like China and stuff. China has is getting a second wave. They're locking down other town, uh, some towns. So you know, but they're they're tracing the outbreaks back to the live markets. Mm. What's the actual? Uh, why are they eating that stuff, Katie? They just need to stop eating stuff that should not be eaten. I don't know. It's just I don't know. Each to their own. But <laughs> how is it allowed? It was the beginning of this world pandemic how are they allowed to open those markets it just beggars belief no so i don't know why they would even want to or why people would want to eat that stuff yeah and no, eat a live bat mm, yum mm, yummy <laughs> <laughs> maybe if we tried it would change our mind <laughs> no 
<laughs> me neither. Oh God, I can't even eat beef, let alone now. <laughs> I haven't eaten meat for for nearly a year now, so I still eat fish. But yeah, so the the thought of eating, they even eat fetuses, not human fetuses, obviously, but one of their delicacies is a fetus from inside a chicken's egg. Oh. So they literally let the egg develop to fetal stage inside the egg. Then they will crack the egg open and pop that yummy little fetus into their mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yum. Oh no, I don't even know how you would even come up out of thinking about that. Like, oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> it's not right, Katie. Yes, I agree. Each to their, their own, but that is not right, especially when it has been the root of hundreds of thousands of deaths around the world. Is that what it actually sends that back to them? Yeah, well, that's what they're saying. It was the bats in that, in that wet market. How a bat can spread a virus around the whole world, God knows. Because humans aren't supposed to eat bats. No. But, you know, I mean, I don't know. Well, there are lots of other theories about where the virus came from, but I think they've pretty much ruled out that it was not created in a lab in Wuhan, but who knows? Yeah, who knows? I don't think that we'll ever really know. No. But... Anyway, Joanna, I know you're a busy lady, so I'm going to let you go. Thank you so, so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. And if anyone is interested in your voice work, then get in touch. Absolutely lovely. Thank you very much, Katie. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. We would love to hear what you thought about this episode. I love the show, guys. You're awesome. Please leave a review and share on social media tagging at KG Salon so we can share. I always follow them. I always follow them. Until next time, have an amazing, successful week.